and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho for our 90th episode. Josh, how are you doing? I mean, today is the epitome of the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You saw some mm-hmm. good, you saw some bad, and you saw a lot of ugly. Um, and so, you know, again, it, I mean, it's we got we got some of what we've been waiting for and asking for. And then we got a lot of, you know, another dose of what we've been seeing regularly, you know, this whole season, right? Which is also what we haven't been wanting to see at all. So, you know, I mean, again, it's it's one of those things where it's hard to be surprised at the result. I mean, like, I would love to say that I'm I that I'm surprised at the results that we're getting at this point, right? But at the same time, it's like when the same things keep happening and we keep expecting a different result, right? It's like, the, you know, and it is the definition of an insanity at that, that's, yeah. at that point. I think that is the fallacy. The fallacy is to look at all of these games where we drop points late um, and to say, oh, well, you know, if, if Mario just doesn't miscontrol that ball in the first half, then they only score two goals. If Rossi gets that, penalty call in the first 30 seconds of the game and we score a goal, then now we're, now we've won by two. It's this, it's this idea that all of these things could have happened and therefore it was a much closer game or, you know, or, or it was a, I mean, obviously a close game, it ends in, it ends in a draw. Um, but you, you start counting moral victories, right. Is, is really the cliche term for it where you, Think of these hypothetical situations that could have happened that could have gone differently in the game. And that's where you draw your conclusion. You don't draw your conclusion from the results. And as we know in sports, like it is a results oriented endeavor. Like, and there's, there's, that's the way you have to look at it. And it's okay to analyze things at, a, at another level. But, uh, you know, LAFC can be third and created XG in, in MLS, but they're still what third from the bottom of the West, I think, right? Yeah. Ninth, ninth, 10th place or something like that. Um, so keep your XG. I'd rather have results. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's like, I think early on in the season, right? We chalked it down to, right? You could say, oh, it's the, like you were saying, it's the one thing, right? If, if this just happened, it's, it was the, I think it was that, that chart that said LAFC is both good, but also unlucky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My question, you know, and you know, that I asked the people who are trying that are more defensive of the team at this point, right through the, at, at this point in the season, is it unlucky if you make the same mistakes over and over and over again? Like if, the, if those yep. bounces keep happening, I, I don't think you can chop, chop that up to, to luck at that point right it's like you know if 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 Rosie has a touch that goes one way or the other right and he misses a goal because of the touch just you know just happened it was a 50 50 touch that didn't that bounced the wrong way Mm -hmm. right and you say okay well you know next time he'll get that but when he has that poor touch five six seven games in a row right or you or in in the you know, in the case of Mario, right, where it's like you had the one, bo- you know, you had the one earlier in the season against the Galaxy, right, where he tries yep. to yep. tries to hit that weird flick and then gets caught, right? It's one thing if that happens 
one time and then he fixes it. But to have as many mistakes now, what we're at three or four of these of these things that he's done that have cost that have resulted in goals for the other team. I, again, I, I I can't I can't I can't go down that road and keep defending and say that it's just bad luck at this point. It's like, oh, you know, well, he's such a good defender, but then he has these, mo- you know, like he just has bad luck at those particular times. Like, no, he's 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 he may be a good defender that is also incredibly undisciplined in those moments. Yeah. Right. To know what, you know, to just, you know, like, again, like, like I've seen Virgil van Dijk get beat once in a blue moon because he just, you know, misread something, whatever you're again, you're unlucky at that point because you just did the flight of the ball change. The wind blew. I don't know. But again, in this particular situation, when it's a matter of your decision making and and that's costing games and the decision making of, Again, multiple defensive players that are costing us goals. Okay, right. Like that's th- this is not about luck anymore. This is just about what they're doing on the field, right? Yeah. Like I said, that those guys have to take responsibility for it, right? Or someone has to hold them to account. Unfortunately, I'm not sure. You know that Bob is one at this point. You know, like where he he's always. We've always seen he's portrayed as that guy that is going to hold everyone accountable, whether it's Carlos Vela or it's, you know, Marco Farfan, right? It's, everyone gets treated the same. But again, either Bob's not actually in control of the ship or he's doing some weird stuff that doesn't vibe with that, you know, with that philosophy because we're seeing these same, you know, we're seeing opportunities given but I'm not seeing much change to that, you know, to get adjustments made to make things better, you know? Mm, mm. I want to go back to the, to the luck thing here uh, and not to get into semantics too much, but I, I think the definition is actually really helpful here in demonstrating what you and I are saying. Success or failure apparently brought on by chance rather than one's own actions. So we keep hearing LAFC and, it, it, you know, I, I, I think Elliot, uh, man, what McKinley, I want to say Elliot McKinley on, on Twitter. He's the one that put out that, uh, good, but unlucky. Um, it's the American soccer analysis guys. I yeah. think, right. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I like a lot of what Elliot puts out. I think a lot of it is instructive. Um, my problem with LAFC and describing them as unlucky is it's too much of a trend to, to say like, it's, it's not, brought on by chance that these things are happening. It's not by chance that LAFC keeps dropping or has dropped more points than anybody else uh, in the league from winning positions. It's not by chance that it, after the 80th minute, we give up goals. I mean, this was a, this is a major problem back in 2018 that they tamped down in 2019 that I think is what ultimately led to most of their success. Um, it's not by chance that they give up early goals to the galaxy and kind of fold. These things are trends that we see over and over and over and over again um, in terms of galaxy over years, in terms of folding late now over years, um, and in terms of you know just wasting leads. Uh, that is certainly a trend that we've seen all season. Um, so it's hard for me to say, oh, yeah, this is just chance. Because those odds are are crazy. Those odds are crazy. 
I mean, it, to a certain degree, it almost like the the disasters that have been happening late in games on set pieces is almost a part of the fabric of the like the fabric and the culture of the club as much as you know the thirty two fifty two. I don't know. Like maybe that's mm-hmm. a step too far. Mm-hmm. That's like you know, like if that we're about as synonymous with those collapses and that those negative aspects of the game as we are with how hard our supporter section goes because yeah. that again I mean, like, let's let's go back through some of that like the first game against against Galaxy when Ibra comes in comes in right you have a 3 nothing lead i think it was mm-hmm. and you end up losing 4 to 3 uh you go to the playoffs and you lose to this psychotic kick from Demir Krylak now everybody calls him the karate kid because he he beat you in that fashion. Um, then the next year you go out to Seattle, and then the year after that you finally exercise the demons against against Galaxy, and then you go out to Seattle again, right? It was Seattle that we lost to last mm-hmm. last year. Got skinned uh, you go out against field. Orlando last year, and MLS is back. Like you lose to Houston late in the U.S. Open Cup semi-final or final whatever that was was that a final i, I honestly can't remember semi-final semi-final, semifinal on pks these so these collapses over and over and over again and beating galaxy one time in the playoffs is not enough to to say oh well no we don't we don't ever collapse what are you talking about um this this is a trend and again today it's a you know it's a fair result you you draw you don't lose um, but you were on a four or five game losing streak. So now, you know, you've kind of begun to climb out you finally score three goals and Raito finally comes good on, uh, on what we all thought he was capable of, but the larger trends with the team, man, they're, they're, they're so apparent if you just take a step back. And that's, I think what frustrates me the most about the stats people is they want to talk about, oh, well, good, but unlucky. Just look at the stats. And it's like, okay, but look at the trends that you guys are describing with those stats and fold them back onto themselves and your whole argument collapses. But yeah, that's that's the frustrating thing for me. Yeah, and because I think like to look at it purely from that statistical perspective divorces it from culture, right? Yeah. And yeah. and what what the psychological aspect has on, you know, on the game, right? And we've talked about, you know, what what big misses guys like Steven Betashore have been right, you know, in the mm-hmm. locker room and with their presence in some of these moments, right? Like, um, but at the same time, right, the, the question now begs to be asked, you know, like, are are the guys that are on the field that are, you know, that by all by all intents and purposes are extremely talented, are they being put in the best position to succeed, right? And not necessarily from a starting points philosophy perspective, but I'm talking about from a purely structural and approach to the overall game perspective, because again, yeah. I, I'm not sure we're seeing these things pan out, right? Because you know, again, we we know that it's the way that things are done are not purely based on merit, right? Mm-hmm. Because if that was the case, Mohamed Elmanir would likely still be on the team, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like to go from his goal line clearance and then to be tossed out. You know, you know, um, you know, with the re- the rest of the riffraff, right? And the goal, his goals too. Not not only not only his defensive plays and his last ditch efforts to save goals, but the goals that that man scored were absurd. 
Yeah. You know, and again, like, and I was hard on him for not being a great defensive player, right? Yeah. But do not tell me that he is worse than Kim Moon Wan. Mm, yeah. And then and that and that uh, Munir couldn't get couldn't get time, right? But probably had the same output offensively, but was probably twice as good a defender as he as Wan as yeah. Kim Moon Wan is. Because man, like again, so if we're going strictly off of that, right? Like, yeah, Blackman's had his gaps when playing center back, right? When he's trying to marshal a three at the back. But today, right, play very well and then get subbed off at the half for what? I don't know. Right? Like, for me, for me, that first half from Blackman was extremely well played. Looked great in possession, was playing good progressive passes forward, was good on the dribble. Uh, he's a guy that you can recycle possession to when you're under pressure. And even if he's under pressure, he's going to be able to He's going to be able to take a smart touch away and buy and buy some more time. Like to me, the the thought that I had was Tristan Blackman is just a right back. Like I'm done. I'm done with him at center back because he's he's a good right back and he's a guy that you can play there for the next five years and you can pay him a modest amount of money because he's never going to command a whole a whole lot because it's not a sexy position, right? Um. Like you can have Tristan Blackman for years to come at right back and he looks good there. So just leave him there. And what does Bob do? He pulls him off at halftime for, for moon. Like what, what that's your one sub yeah. and you're tied at half. Like there's no, there's not even a need to sub him off. Well, and th- so, so like, right at that point, right. The assumption is you bring him on to get offense. But what offense did he bring? All the rest of the goals were all created off the left hand side from Cheeky yeah. and, and Birod, mm-hmm. right? So what is he really giving you other than poor defense? Yeah, like I mean, he got skinned repeatedly, or is out of position, or just when he actually attempts to defend, just doesn't do a very good job of it, right? Like, yeah. you know, we were talking about what he was doing on, I think it was the, the, um, which goal was it when him and Mario. Uh, so on the last goal, he it's it's Heimelainen has the ball at the top of the box. Uh, so on our right side, top corner of the box, and Moon goes out to meet him and does you know he gets down into a like the defensive crouch on his toes and everything, trying to show him inside, and he just jockeys like he just starts delaying. And it's like there are five guys behind you. You have to put in a tackle there. You you are not allowed to jockey in the box like that, especially when you have cover. Like you have to put in the tackle. Uh, so you know Heimelainen has plenty of time to pick out a pass into the middle. Ball goes into the middle, and now Mario's coming out chasing because nobody's put in a tackle yet. So Mario's kind of like a he's kind of like a, a pit bull, right? He's just gonna he's just gonna attack for better or worse. He's running outside the box, and now. The ball's all the way to the other side to Alvarez and, and then Araujo. So yeah, I mean that's it's it's bad from both of them, and it's it's. I mean, Kim looks the worst on that play, and he's not gonna he's not gonna get blamed for it because he's not the one holding the bag at the end. That's Palacios holding the bag, uh, who Araujo gets around, but it's really Kim that is at fault for that goal. So that's it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, I mean again, and. It- and what what good team, right? Generally, isn't 
isn't playing guys based on their performance. Yeah, yeah. Right? And and, mm-hmm. and you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not sure the level like what your ceiling is, right? What's what is what what the level of your ceiling? Right? If you're not playing whoever is playing the best at that given one. And again, and I understand like okay, we need to run Vela into form, we need to run Rossi into form, you're superstars. But you're going to tell me that you know, in an inherently weakling sport, right? That numbers, you know, five through eleven on your of your starting eleven, right? Don't have to earn their spot, right? And, yeah, you can, and can yeah. continue to put out the performances that we've seen, and then get run out there over and over and over again. And for what, right? Yeah. And again, the weirdest thing for me is it's clear that Blackman earned that start, and as far as I could tell, did nothing to lose that spot to the point where Bob makes a halftime sub. Um, and again, Blackman had a couple dangerous balls played into, uh, into the box as well in the attack. So I, even, even if he was to say, come out and say, well, at half, we really needed to score a few goals. So we brought on moon. It's like, okay, well, Blackman was plenty dangerous, man. So what, what are you doing? So this is just an example of Bob, of Bob getting halftime subs wrong again. We've talked about, I mean, how many times have Raito been subbed off at the, at the half and the attack just collapses? We've, we've been, you and I have been talking about this for weeks now about Raito being the best attacker. And I'm glad we finally, we were finally proven right. I was kind of, I was wondering if we were going to have to eat those words sooner or later, but um, man, I, I don't, his man management is, is bizarre, is bizarre to yeah. me at the, at the, at this juncture of the season. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing is like, I feel like the words that we're having to eat is having, having defended the, the mistakes that have been, you know, like I said, and chopping up those mistakes to, to bad bounces as opposed to a pattern and, and as opposed to patterns and trends. Right. Like I said, it's like, it's, you know, like that, that, that is the, take that I'm I'm probably least proud of at this point given what we think is trying to is trying to defend based on what we've seen in moments but overall in the biggest moments right like you know we would see certain guys who do certain things that would give us enough hope right that mm-hmm. we're like oh okay well we see what they were trying to do so this was just a bad bounce right yeah but you know it really it's the hope that kills you right and and what clouds your judgment in terms of ultimately like looking at the team, you know, not through Rose Rose colored glasses, but looking at the team, you know, from, you know, uh, a perspective that says, Hey, you know, like this team is talented and this team has the potential to be good. But the question beg, you know, begs to be asked, like, are, are we getting, are we, are, is the current coaching staff and front office able to max out that potential? And that yeah. is now where I feel like I've, my position has shifted dramatically because I, you know, like my, my thought process had been one of like, okay, we're developing guys. We're, we're, we're finding diamonds in the rough, the Latif blessings of Mark Anthony case, mm-hmm. right? Which is great. But when push comes to shove and you got to win games, Right the buttons that are being pushed in those moments aren't ones that lead to W's, right? Yeah. It's ones that led to a losing record against your rivals, right? 
losing record in the playoffs in big games when it really matters, right? And again, we can only lean on beating the Galaxy for so long in that playoff game and sending Eber home, right? Which, you know, like every other LAFC fan, I was ecstatic to see it happen. But the reality is, like I said, it's like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, your question about has the coaching staff and the front office got the best out of out of this group? And you have to say the answer is no, right? I mean, we've seen what this group can do: score five, six goals uh, all the way to the end of CCL. I mean, that CCL. There's another collapse, right? Um, and. I think what we see more than anything is a team that gets in its own way all the time. Um, and it's not just, it's not just luck. It's there's something, there's something wrong that we can't quite solve. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, the cliche answer is more veterans. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it's, it's frustrating. Um, I want to go through some individual performances, both the good and the bad. Um, let's start with the the clear man of the match and the man who finally got some respect. Um, I mean, he he finally earned it for, I mean, to be fair, but Brian Rodriguez put this team on his back today, uh, was, again, the most dangerous player on the field for either team. Um, and... That goal, I'm trying to think, I mean, I'm trying to think back to like through good LAFC goals that we've seen. Um, it's got to be top five, right? You've got Vela. I mean, it's the Houdini goal and yeah. some of the weird things that Vela's done, but I mean, it's up there. Yeah. I mean, the Vela goal against uh, against San Jose, San Jose is obviously one of them. I think this goal is... A little bit better. It's not as long of a run, but it's in a tighter space, and the angle that he shoots from is just absurd. Uh, on his weak foot, uh, I think I think the El Munir goal for, in Columbus is another one. Um, Carlos's goal against Columbus and late in the game is probably another one. But uh, there's not many there's not many goals that are as good as that one. Um, maybe Dio against SKC in the opener last year. But there, there really just aren't a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, a but. couple of them. It's like you, you, you rate them because of the moment, right? Yeah. Rather than, rather yeah. than the, the actual execution. Like this was kind of a combination of all right. It's against your rivals in a big game, mm-hmm. and then you go and pull out that right, which take the lead. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so again, like in in terms of you know, this is this is what we had all been hoping for. But uh, to be fair, I. I almost think that like our hypothesis of him being redundant with with Rossi on that left hand side has been proven to be fact at this point, right? Yeah, because I mean, look at see... look at you. He finally gets a full game there, right? And the game's going through him, not through Carlos on the right wing, and boom, it's like everything clicks. Sorry, I jumped on you yeah. there. No, I mean that that's exactly it, right? It's like you know we we've been we've been talking about how it's like. You know, typically, right? He he basically wants to do the the inverse of what Carlos does on the opposite side of the field, right? Is like cut inside, mm-hmm. get the ball at feet, make runs at guys, and then either distribute or finish. The finishing part we hadn't seen, but he'd also been, you know, playing as a right winger where 
he's almost tasked to just drive the ball down to the end line and cross back in, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Beat a guy, beat a guy down, get to get on your right foot and then send a cross in and hope find a late runner, mm-hmm. right? Which is not his game. It's more of a play off that left midfield cut inside and then find the strikers, at, you know, in, in stride, right? In, in Uruguay's four, four, two. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, the way that he played today, the way that he carried himself, Right, it's everything that we wanted to see, and you hope that it continues going forward. You know, again, I just worry, right, that we see continue to see a that we see a continuation of some of the trends in which he's being managed that have led some of you know, again to. I don't think he, you know, again to against him, right? I'm not sure he's acted in the most mature ways at times. But at the same time, again, based on what we're starting to see from the coaching staff in front office, has he always been put in a position to succeed? And, you know, like you were saying before, was he promised something that didn't come into, you know, that didn't come to fruition mm-hmm. that ultimately has become a problem, you know, because the front office has been a- unable to do their jobs in terms of being able to yeah. move guys on. In some ways, I don't, I don't blame a 19, 20 year old kid for being immature. Like that's, (laughs) that's what they are. They're dumb, right? They're kids. Um, they, they do dumb things. They post pictures of them on horses, carrying goats on Instagram rather than like going back on time. (laughs) Right. They, they do that kind of stuff because they're kids. Um, and that's okay. Just don't sign so many of them. Right. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, I think, I think that'll be, a major lesson learned. They LAFC kind of went crazy at the at the U twenty World Cup, and I think I think that's part of what has gone wrong for them. And I think they just went too. And you and I have talked about these speculation signings, and they obviously went too heavily in the in that direction at the expense of veterans. But uh, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get ups and downs. You're going to get bizarre uh, bizarre losses because kids do dumb things. Like that's, that's what happens. Um, but again, it's part of the trend. It's not up to chance. Uh, Chicho Arango, Josh, what's, what's your take on him right now? I mean, I, I like the way he plays, honestly. And I think mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, he's hold of plays kind of nice. You know, it's like he does a lot of the things that we've, we've seen from previous LFC strikers, but I think he's all in one package. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. And, and the question just becomes like, you know, like maybe maybe him getting that penalty today and 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 just getting getting his feet wet is is what kind of jumpstart things. But, you know, I feel like he's a guy that can, you know, he's he feels and seems more goal dangerous than Christian Ramirez ever was. Yeah. Right. He's a bit of a bully in the same way that Dio was. Right. Mm-hmm. And he seems also like a guy that's not going to take any kind of crap. Right. The way that we've missed from some of these guys that we've let go, right? In terms of who's that who's that guy that's willing to scrap at any moment on the field. Yeah. He feels like that guy, right? And you know, and so like I said, I, I I'm I think I'm still holding out for a little bit more because again, I think I think there's more to be had there. The question is being like then but now due to how I currently feel about, you know, our our coaching staff in front office. I start to again wonder, it's like, is he being utilized in the best possible way? 
right? I don't know yet. Yeah, for me, when I was watching him today, one thing I noticed is that his positioning, um, he's frequently in the midfield more than more so than other strikers have been in the past, to the point where, where Sifu is running ahead of him and, and picking up pressing assignments. Uh, he also seems to really float over to the right-hand side a lot uh, and kind of steps on Blessing or Blackman or Rossi or whoever it is that's over there. Uh, he'll play really tight combos with them. Sometimes it, that all that movement seems a bit redundant from him. You and I have talked about, like, just lead the line, man. Just lead the line. Occupy those center backs. Let the wingers do their thing. But I do I do agree that his combination play, his hold-up play is pretty good. His first touch is uh, about on par for MLS, I think. I think that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with those blocks on your on your feet? But um, I I, I love that he'll take a shot from just random spots just to keep the goalkeeper honest, just to, uh, I, I, I want a guy with confidence. I want a guy who's going to take too many shots every now and again, and they're not always going to be great. Go ahead. Um, so I, I don't know. There's, there's that. I thought, I thought the midfield was really good today. Um, Sifu blessing and, and Atuesta all looked, all had great games. I think, um, we already talked about, about Moon and Mario being just horrific. I mean, Mario is, uh, it's like you could play the Benny Hill music for him on every single Galaxy goal. Um, just not, just a, a night to forget for him, which is tough because I think he, he's looked so strong at, at other moments. So it's, it's tough to see him have a, have a night like this. Palacios, I thought, was undone so many times by Araujo, but he's also better than Farfan. So what are you going to do? And then Mamadou Fall continues to impress. I think the best thing I saw from him tonight was when Alvarez come, came on, he got left out. He got hung out to dry by Farfan, who of course got caught up field and he had to deal with Alvarez on his own. It did, did great. Delayed him, bothered him, uh, bought himself enough time to allow, I don't know, maybe blessing to recover and, and help him, uh, win the ball back. So I guess there's that for positives. I don't know. Anything else on the individual level for you? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I think we were talking about this earlier. Like if you could get Segura right back, would mm. it not be him and falls your, as your current best informed partnership at the moment? Yeah. Get those two together. And both of those guys can pass. Right. Yeah. In a way that I don't think anyone else on the roster can from at center back. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, I think the one thing about Fall that I've, he just looks so smooth with it, right? Comparatively to the way that some of our center backs have looked at times, right? But, you know, again, like, I think we, def- we you know, especially after the way that Muriel looked at times in CCL and some of these different things, like, we long defended that move to, to you know, to let Walker go for some gam and see what you can get. And I think with that money, is that who, how they brought in Sifu? Oof, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I'm trying to remember the timing of things in that in that at the at the beginning of last year, right? But at the same time, it's like, man, if if Walker starting to be the guy who marshals everything alongside Segura is what how you mitigate some of the disasters that you've had at end the games while still being nervy even at your best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
to see him walk for, you know, to let to see him go, and then become a you know be, become MLS Defender of the Year. While we're at a shambles, right? And again, I think I would, we've we've both resisted saying, "Oh man, we shouldn't let let him go." I mean, the calls are saying that, "Oh, if we if it was just a matter of Walker staying here," but I never saw Walker make some of the you know boneheaded decisions that we see from Mario game in and game yeah. out. I think I think Walker was hard done too because he had that concussion uh, towards the end of that season, and Blackman is the one who comes in and kind of spot fills at center back, and he's the one that is playing at right center back in the in the big win against Galaxy. Um, so I th- man, I think I think that was just poor timing um, for LAFC to make that decision. I think they you know. Oh, well, maybe we have enough here in Blackman and we can go get somebody else. And Walker hasn't looked that great since the concussion and since national call up, national team call up. Um, and man, that, yeah, it was, it was a bad move. It was a bad move. Uh, and despite us having defended it based on the size of the move, uh, it continues to look bad the more, the more time goes on. But I don't know if there's much sense in, relitigating that at this point but um anything else josh uh i, I go ahead no i mean i think i th- i think based on this game right like you know like f- for a while you know we could look at the te- you know we could see the tactical plan in place of these different things or the specific makes of this that have been made but when you look at this game in totality, right, it's it's a combination of, you know, of all the, the worst parts of what we've seen from this team, right? Yeah. That, you know, again, the fact that we didn't, you know, right to having a monster game, right, is your only saving grace at this point. Because yeah. in absence of him going, you know, turning into, you know, like doing some crazy things, especially for that one goal, in absence of that, right, I don't know how you could defend the other decisions that were made in the field and and in good faith say that we should continue down this path with both the coaching and front office staff. Yeah. Yeah, I think you and I have been resistant to be officially on the Bob out train. Um mm-hmm. I think I saw just enough today to buy Bob another week, I guess, before I'm before I'm officially calling for his job. If they if they move on from him at this point, I'd be like, okay, got it. Yep. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the memories. You know, I, I I've been one that's like you know like I we talked about it you know the last couple of weeks right it's like I'm not one that that loves coaching changes in the middle of the you know middle mid season because I don't think it really benefits anyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But man, right? There's just if if we just the substitution thing just drives me bananas, right? And then just seeing some of these things where it's like, you know, and today today was the one that I think pushed me over the edge because again, we're bringing, you know, whereas we're still gold, we're still creating chances off the left hand side. Then you bring you sub in Moon, who's a terrible defender, to a potentially increase offensive output on the right hand side when Rossi hasn't given you anything anyways. Yeah. So 
again, I'm not sure what what your what your what the angle is there, right? And at yeah. that point, if that if those are the decisions that are going to continue to be made, right? It's like I I can't I can't in good faith defend that because I don't know if the positive upside in terms of the, the player development that's supposedly happening or uh, you know, throughout the rest of the team is going to happen in a way that makes you successful. Yeah. You know what's funny about what you said about that sub specifically, now that I'm thinking more closely about it. The first goal comes, uh, Blackman is on. He's playing right back, but it comes from our left side. So the Galaxy attack down their right wing. And again, we talked about Araujo owning Palacios all night. And that, I mean, that's a tough assignment to be totally fair. Araujo's no slouch. He's, he's a great player. Um, that's where the goal comes from. It also, you know, it's Mario just having an absolute howler of, uh, of a chest, <laughs> trying to control with his chest. Um, and then they sub, they sub Blackman off and they bring moon and both goals then come from their left-hand side, our right-hand side. And it's like all of a sudden, when Moon came on, that's when Nico was so far forward. Um, whereas I felt like that he didn't really try. Nico wasn't really testing Blackman as much as he was with with Moon. So if you ask me, like the Galaxy saw that and they went right after it, like like sharks to blood, um, to the point where I mean, Araujo was still attacking down the right wing, but not nearly as much. Um, so that, I mean that was just an abysmal, an abysmal sub, uh, and I don't I don't care who who disagrees. You come on the show next week and defend it because I w- I would love I would love to hear it, um, and then I would love to dispute it. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Anything else on this one, Josh? Before we get into some questions, I'm sure we have a lot tonight. No, let's just go to questions because, yeah. All right. Let's see what we got here. Yes, there are quite a few. All right, first one is from Donuts at Steely Zidane. Total collapse on the uh, LA Galaxy equalizer. Seven LAFC defenders running towards goal with an eighth ball watching up top. Subbing in a Biga for a five-man back line was never going to help if we're defending with this sort of chaos. On a lighter note, B-Rod goal better than Velez versus San Jose. I say yes. Uh, then he's got a picture of the ball into Araujo, and there are seriously seven defenders all in a line, and looks like Cifuente is just at the top of the box. And whoever this is from Galaxy, basically standing at the spot by himself. Uh, so shame on the midfielders for not picking that up. Let's see who the midfielders. So Sifu, Blessing, and Atuesta are just all, like everybody just left this man alone. But... Uh, the other thing that I didn't like about that sub, the Abiga sub specifically, is you took off Arango. So now when you need a goal, your uh, striker's not there. And we're back in this 3-5-2, which we've never attacked well out of. But uh, anything on that one? Better, so are, do we agree that it's better than Velez versus San Jose? I think so, right? I mean, especially to me, it's like the opponent gives gives me opponent in the situation in absence of Carlos Vela not being there right yeah, yeah. the galaxy are in a high, you know like are much higher in the standings 
you know, like, you know, yep. what, fourth in the West at this point, right? Yeah. So given the current situation, how bad we are, how well how well they've been playing, I rate I rate this one much higher because, again, I don't yeah. think the stakes, when Vela has that goal, the stakes aren't nearly as high because San Jose was a wooden spoon contender. Yep. Right. I think, that yeah, point. that's that's definitely a, a great point where LAFC had already been running away with it. This is against Galaxy. All of this happens in the box. He beats four defenders inside the box, and then that finish from that angle is just absurd. Um, next one, Christopher Colonna at LAFC 2021. So what stupid exercises do you think all of the pro Bob and pro Thorrington people are going to give? Oh, excuses. I'm going to start that one over. Sorry. So what stupid excuses do you think all the pro Bob and pro Thorrington people are going to give this time? You would think they would be near the bottom of the barrel, but I have a feeling that's not the case. Let's play a game, Josh. Let's um, give it. Drew, so you give an excuse, then I'll give an excuse. We'll see who runs out first. Go. Uh, my, uh, let's see. We drew, so you know this is actually a positive result given our current form. <laughs> okay, no Vela. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Man, I don't know. you already ran out. Man, yeah. I got like five more preloaded. We'll keep going. Uh, we took twenty-five it. shots. We did exactly what we should have done. We didn't have Segura. Um, Galaxy threw confetti on the field. The Galaxy supporters <laughs> threw confetti on the field. How dare they? Um, our XG how many, was, that was very like three high. Or four more. What's that? Sorry. Said our XG was very high again. Oh, the XG. The XG was so high. We had a better XG differential. Yeah. We should have won. Oh, uh, no call, no penalty call on the Rossi opener. Like, if you want, you're not going to get a penalty call 20 seconds into the game. Sorry. No. Unless somebody pulls out a saw and saws off somebody's legs, nobody's given oh. a penalty. Actually, unless it's Liverpool versus Tottenham in the That's in fair. The That's fair. Final. <laughs> and 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 uh what's it that's called? tottenham though so, nobody cares sadio mane that. kicks the ball out of his hand directly <laughs> but it's but like that's the thing is like if it's questionable at all like it's you're not going to get the call it's got to be yeah. cut and dry um am i out of I'm, i might be out of excuses here yeah. right, did i, I mean, say no cigarette yeah it's all the same stuff over and over again so at this yep. point you know yep. again, like you know, it's 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 one thing when you when you you know for it to happen in you know in a vacuum, but when it's repeated, it it get it's yeah it, yeah it becomes it no longer becomes something that you can you can go back you can't go back to that well that many times, right? Yeah. All right. Next one is from LAFC Luke at LAFC Luke. This is. Uh, in direct response to the statement ends in a draw, but feels like a loss, which was our original tweet here. Don't really agree. Frankly, this is always going to be a big lift from the team. Given the team's form, a draw after leading twice is disappointing, but I'll take the point. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll certainly take the point. Uh, I, it is, it is a, um, if you step back and take the emotion now, it is a better result than we probably should have expected given LAFC's form and what Galaxy are doing at the moment. I'll give them that. What about yeah. you? Um, 
we've seen the same things over and over and over again that either mm-hmm. result in a draw or a loss. So to me, it, again, it feels exactly the same as it did when we lost or drew games a month ago, but it hurts a little bit worse because it's the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's one thing when you do it against Vancouver or Portland, whole other thing when you do it against Carson. It's another thing when they buy win. two sections in the upper deck and uh, chant F that bird and you don't shut them up. You get shut up and they stay and they sing in our stadium um, after the match. Um, man, that, yeah. You, these are these are must-win games for me. They, they really are. Uh, introverted winger, which is a great handle at Viva. This didn't feel like a loss to me. It's the most I've enjoyed watching this team in a while. Mario's worst game in a while. I'd be happy if Fall is a consistent starter. Arango's hold-up play has been an improvement overall. Still needs to be more active and build up, in my opinion. Josh? I only agree with, I agree with everything after the first sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dropping points I mean, again. again. Yeah. Like, he's he's not wrong, right? Like, in the, or she, I'm not sure. But, you know, they're not wrong in saying that, um, you know, that Fall looks good. Mario had a terrible game, you know, but... To be fair, I think he's had a terrible season. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and Arango has done some positive things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? But, again, I, it, I can't, you know, and they, they looked better. But, again, this team has looked better, has, in buildup, has looked fine. Yeah. Right? The entire season. Basically, it comes down to the last four to five minutes of each half. Right? Yep. They, they just yeah. fall apart. The more that I think about it, the more I love your idea of Segura and Fall being a, a center back partnership. Uh, message to John Thorington: No, that does not mean that you should sell Jesus Murillo in the off season for Gam. It means you should have all three of them and use them. Um, sorry, that was a little side note there. Um, all right, somber Amarath, that somber Amarath. I've had it with hashtag Bob out and hashtag Coach Somber in. Let me take the reins of this team. I'll work cheap and I'll focus on finding our teeth and learning how to and learning how to must be use them. We have all we need to be champions except the mental fortitude. I don't know if I agree. Uh, we do not have the I still think we're missing play it at the nine. I think Arango can grow into that. Um I still think we are missing a way to fit all of our best players on the field together. And I think we're missing defenders, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I have to think that there's a way there, you know, like if you were to take a, take a step back and just say, okay, how do you organize this team to get the most out of it? Right. Yeah. What you know, like no changes at this point. You're gonna take the team that we have as currently as as is, and what do you what what is the team that you think puts in the best position to succeed, right? Because it, I feel like it's eerily close to what we saw tonight. Yeah, it's, at least at the beginning. I I oh, I agree with that. Yeah, right. Because I think if you swap out Rosie for Vela, right, and again we're talking peak Vela, not mailed yeah. it in. You know what 
you know, like, you know, latter, latter Real Sociedad, you know, second half of every season at Sociedad, <laughs> Carlos Vela, where he, you know, he starts off the year scoring, you know, in the top of the charts next to Messi and Ronaldo. And then all of a sudden you don't hear from him until the following year. Right. Yeah. So put that alongside the other two guys in the way that they're playing. And because Rossi's just not in form at the moment. Yep. Is that our best team? And, and are we, are, are you likely to succeed with that particular team on the table? You know, probably the other one would be, you know, if Segura is healthy, right. That you, you're probably good there. But I think yeah. if you were to tell me my back line is Palacios, Segura, Murillo, and Blackman, I'm probably pretty confident that they're going to be solid at the back, right? And then you have a guy like Fall coming off the bench. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. yeah. Right? But... I mean, that's your CCL back four right there. Absolutely. Right? But we have this ins- insistence on trying to figure out what we can get defensively out of Kim Moon one which is nothing. So, again, yeah. I mean, again, maybe I'm just his biggest critic at this point, but... I just don't. I don't see it. I don't. Mm. I, you know, again, me, me, I'm. I'm just an idiot behind a, mic, a microphone. But I, I get. I'm. I'm. I don't see whatever quality he has on offense being enough to tell me that he's going to be better. To you know, better for this team than having Blackman playing right back and being a better solid defender. Yeah. Given I, what I mean, we have all in the field. So I'll admit, like you know, just three or four weeks ago, I was saying his defensive liabilities are probably enough to keep him on the field uh, or his, his offensive capabilities are enough to excuse his defensive liabilities. And so you keep him on the field because you need that help in the, in the attacking third. But my opinion is, has changed because of how poor he's looked, especially in the back four. Again, this is primarily when he's in the back four. I think he, I think he really is just a wing back, um, or, or a right midfielder. Uh, but when he's in the back four, it is so bad defensively. I mean, how many games is this now where he's the one that's on the hook for an equalizing goal or a game winning goal? Um, this is, this is not the first time it is not the first time. And I doubt it will be the last if he's put in this position again. Uh, but that goes back to, uh, roster construction. It goes back to this is a wing back, and we play a four three three. It goes back to um, Bob playing defenders out of position all year long, um, and just we we continue to see poor results, but we continue to make these baffling decisions. So I don't know. I man, uh, I think I think you are convincing me though that probably needs to. Be, see more of the bench for a while and just rely on Blackman there. All right. Justin 33 W. Holy smokes. This is a hot take. If I've seen one, uh, I'm incredibly disappointed in the 3252. Could not hear them for blank from the South end. Tifo sucked. Do better. Raito has all the talent. Finally putting it together. Collapsed again. Not surprised. Goes on to say it's been 10 minutes after the game. Carson is still singing in our stadium. 3252 is just standing there shook. Josh. I mean, <laughs> I'm not at the game. You know, neither of us are at the game. So we, it's hard to make a judgment on that. 
because you know, I again like from what I can tell from the broadcast, you know, they're loud as ever, and you know, yeah, we give yeah. up that early goal, and they get even louder the way that we would, you know, the way we come to love and expect from them, right? So, I'm, and again, it, and it's it's a truly a passion to be able to do that, even when your team is terrible. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, again, like, you know, my thing is like we're we're out here talking you know talking about this game and on our sometimes at a loss for words to describe how bad they've been at times right mm-hmm. now but imagine being in the stadium and seeing that same collapse and then yeah. trying to muster that up right like again like you know maybe maybe compared to another you know to other games where they've gotten loud or they do you know like i think it was after they lost to seattle you know they're singing singing away into the night okay you know like if that if that's the bar, okay, maybe that it's worse. But again, I'm not. I I, I mean, I'm not going to get on board and call them out for anything for that. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, to me, that's ridiculous because again, like now we're getting into this stupid fan police type of thing and yep. whatever it may be. And, yep. and I'm I'm never going to. You know, I that, yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, again, as far as I could tell, it comes over on the broadcast. Um, if anything, I, I I'd say that the lack of LAFC fans throughout the stadium and the amount of galaxy fans that were able to get tickets, um, is an even larger indictment on the product that they're seeing on the field. Like people should be hyped for this game all over Los Angeles and you should have more casual LAFC fans turning up for these games because it should be, uh, an opportunity to stick it to galaxy and, here we go again. We do not accomplish that. And we've been in such poor form. Jonathan at Boozology being in 3252 makes it hard to tell what really happened. So what the actual hell really happened today? (laughs) This is, this is interesting because I've gone back and forth on Twitter before with people who sit in the 3252 and you know, they'll argue about who had a good game or a bad game. And it's like, well, dude, I'm watching on the TV and I like I'll send I'll send them screenshots and they're like, oh well I was in the 3252, so I I wasn't really paying attention or I didn't really see that. So it's kind of like, hey. So I appreciate the self-awareness from from Jonathan here. I mean, to me it it it's a pushback against the previous questions that you know that attempted to call them out, right? When if yeah, they yeah. are going so hard in support of this team yeah. that they don't actually are, you know, know what's they don't going see on. What's going on. Then you know. Then, like I said, more power to them because they're yeah. you know, it's like they're they're doing something that you know that most of us couldn't, and again, are sometimes unwilling to given given what we've seen. Right? It's like I said yeah. to me, it's like it's not that you are any less of a fan, or like I'm still going to support this team, all these different things. But at the same time, my in these moments, I'm going to be, become hypercritical of it as opposed to weathering the, weathering it through them. Right? And like. Mm. You know, I'm not going to change my fan, you know, like who I root for in light of the result, but I'm also not going to sugarcoat it and say, oh, well, it's all, all is well and good because, yeah. you know, these things. Uh, if I had to sum it up, what really happened today, it's in the first half, Galaxy abused one of our fullbacks. In the second half, they abused the other fullback who was subbed in at halftime. And Mario just had an absolute shocker of a game. Like, all of his bad mistakes from earlier in the season 
are all involved in this one as well. Um, yeah. And what so, it? it was like per Malcolm Gladwell, right? The soccer is inherently a weak, weak link sport. Yeah. And the galaxy yeah. found our weak link over and over and over again. Yep. The back line, the, mm-hmm. the much vaunted back line. But Josh, our defense is going to carry us into the playoffs. Josh, have you not heard about uh, this? Our I'm defense is going to carry us into the playoffs. The new excuse will be that Segura's not there, so of course it can't. Yeah. But our now XGA, you have Mamadou Fall. I'm, I'm pretty sure our XGA is as, as high as our XG, so you're not doing anything with that. <laughs> so let's go back to the stats and look at that Our one defense because... will carry us into the playoffs. How far have we fallen? That, like, that's the, that's the bar. Into the fishing boat, you know, with the gone fishing boat from the TNT guys. Because oh, that's man. about as far as we're going. Ugh. Uh, Christopher Colonna again at LAFC 2021. My stance remains Bob and Thornton out. They can't close games. They keep dropping points again and again and again and again. Nothing has been fixed. Nothing has changed. This team and coaching staff never, ever learn their lesson. So it's time for change. I mean, the so like we've seen with most with most organi- you know, sports organizations, especially dysfunctional ones, right, is that the first person to go will likely be is always the coach because it's mm-hmm. easier to replace them, right? And then you hope that someone has a magic when ultimately, right, it's usually some combination of how it was all built, you know, that yeah. that became ultimately become a problem, right? It's, you know, you could have, you know, the Lakers that had, you know, Mitch Kupchak and and a great owner and, and Kobe and, you know, they put together a Kobe Shaq team, but then also couldn't figure and with Phil Jackson nonetheless. Right. And then mm-hmm. also those, you know, whatever he was doing fell on deaf ears at a certain point. Right. And people just stopped, started tuning him out. Right. And this, we're talking about, you know, the greatest coach of all time, you know, in, you know, or at least arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. At some point, those things, you know, your message will fall on deaf ears. And again, I, I that though, again, given that Thornton is the one that's pulling all the strings, my guess is that it'll be a while before we see any changes at the top. But again, you know, like if ultimately the owners will make a decision whether or not he they think that he's coming good on what their expectations of are for him, and maybe to some of the decisions that are currently being seen on the field are a result of the expectations of the owners, right? That is something that we have to consider with this team, right? Are guys are we seeing guys? is Bob being put in a bad situation because of the financial situation in terms of how they want to be, you know, how this team has been structured as a, as a quote unquote selling team. Yeah. So, you know, they, they both have, um, substantial, what am I trying to say? They, They both underperformed, uh, I would say. Bob has largely the same roster that he was able to carry through CCL up to 20 minutes of, of winning the whole, the whole thing. Um, so in that way, Thorington can't be implicated too much, but he can be implicated by not signing a number nine, by dealing Zimmerman like he did, um, by, can, by trying to force three DP wingers on, on this team, for not selling Rossi and Otto West on time. Um, and now Rossi's out of form and it's like, I, dude, I, I don't know when they're going to move Rossi. I really don't. Um, that's West. I think will still get moved. Uh, I think they can probably still get five or 6 million for him in the winter, but, 
it is not like there, there are, there are substantial issues there. And I think when the owners feel like it's hard to say with these owners too, because like how much do they know about MLS and how much are they just kind of like blindly trusting JT to get it done? But like, uh, I think you and I talked about this the other day. I don't know if we were on the air uh, or not, but uh, his interview, JT's interview with Max and Vince, where he talked about like the the statistics packets that they've been giving to teams around the world, and how yeah, this, it's like this it's was not a conversation. Like we texted and, about this one. What's that? This is we were texting. We, I think we talked about this on. I we texted, texted you. About I think yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, dude, am I mean? But like, all I could think about during that entire interview was, and who have you sold? Yeah. How many times has this worked out for you? Yeah, to like, me, it comes across like he's a used, like a bad used car salesman. Yeah, yeah, like super pushy. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I I hope it works out. I do think it's a good idea to advocate for your players and and to show them that you're out there talking to the biggest clubs in the world. But dude, quit taking victory laps until you actually do it, um, because you haven't done it yet, and you're just going to piss off all your players even more. So that's that's like my issues with with JT at this point. As a, as a, going back to Bob again, he largely has the same roster. There, we talked about the number nine. We talked about missing Zimmerman, but he's got pieces that he can that he can work with. And I think he's done a poor job of fitting them in this year. I think he's done a terrible job with the back line, uh, three back three man back line, four man back line, three man back line, four man back line making weird man management subs uh, at, at halftime, um, changing his formations all the time at halftime. Like it has been truly bizarre to watch him chase his tail in search of the car driving down the, down the street. <laughs> like it's, just, it's like truly a, a misguided, like it, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Hopefully he lands on the right formula, but well, I mean, and the keeper, I mean, like, let's rewind. You know, it's not like we had yeah. the writing on the wall wasn't here for, you know, for some of these things, right? Like the keeper merry-go-round for the last couple of years is a prime example of that. Like some just, you know, like weird substitutions at weird times, not using guys that you know probably could help you much better in some of these situations, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's mind-boggling to see some of these things being done. I have a question this- about that. Maybe, Maybe these two are feeding each other. Bob managing the keepers the way he has, which has always been a, like, we, I still don't know that I understand how he manages them other than like, it's confusing to me. Uh, and is, did they bring in Kenneth Vermeer to be like, this is going to be the guy. This is going to put an end to all this keeper carousel. Yeah. Because from my understanding is that they wanted they wanted a guy who could command command things at the back, right? And yeah. that was the that was the intent of bringing a guy like Vermeer in, right? And I mean, they, he was on huge money, huge money. Like you're you're paying him to be a guy that solves, you know, to be the missing link, right? Yeah. So again, and you know, ask Cincinnati how that's working out, yeah. right? Because so and I mean, this is this. So this is what I'm saying is. If if it is true that Bob's management of the goalkeeper situation led to the goalkeeper carousel and a lack of confidence in Miller and Cisniega and this and I mean Buba Lopez was never even I don't think he's a great keeper, but 
you know, there's still people saying he should have had a better, uh, a more solid chance. Like his management of the goalkeepers led JT to go out and say, I'm just going to blow money on somebody that is going to be the guy. And JT misses on, on Vermeer like that. And now we're back into this keeper carousel. Uh, and so it's kind of like, okay, well now what are we, it's so like now these two are feeding off each other in, in the worst way possible. Um, that's again, that's all speculation on my part. I'm trying to work through this on, on, on the air basically, but, um, no, but I mean, here's the thing. Like, is Bob a bad coach? I don't think so, but I don't, no, but no. I think, but I think the moves that have been made by the front office make him look worse than he really is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in, in over the last, over the last year. Right. And then also the lack of production from your DP slots also. Yeah. Right. And so, but is, again, sometimes I start to wonder, is the lack of production from the DP a more matter of the front office or the position that Bob put him or is Bob's hand being forced by those decisions? So that's yeah. why, you know, I think that's, that's why we've also been long defenders of, I mean, again, let's rewind five episodes to earlier in the season, right? We're saying, hey, this is not on Bob. This is on the roster construction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. our, our stance on Bob has really only changed because of the kind of the weird decision making at times. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, like again, why you like, unless he's getting a call saying you need to take Tristan Blackman off and put on Kim and Juan from the front. <laughs> like, you know, is, is the bat phone ringing like the bullpen phone ringing that you have to go do this because, you know, JT calls from down above, you know, in his little perch that he sits. This in is, this is the how the Browns got blown up in 2014, by the way. Yeah. You it's know, Ray so, farmer, the G, the GM was getting calls from the, the owner the Haslam's to mm-hmm. play Johnny Menzel over Brian Hoyer. And he, so he started making phone calls down to the field and then got busted by the NFL for it. <laughs> Telling him to put the kid in. <laughs> so, you know, so the, like I said, these types of things where you're just like, okay, like unless some of these things are happening, like I said, he, but really, I think, like I said, I, I, I think Bob is a, a good coach. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think he has, and he's won. He's won the MLS Cup. He's won a lot. Of, he's won done a lot of good things, right? But again, I I can't help but feel he's been put in a bad position at times. But then he also hasn't helped make his case by his decision making. Yeah, in reaction to what he's been doing. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, sometimes it's I, one thing you said about Phil Jackson is about sometimes things run their course. Um, side note, Phil's book Eleven Rings. If you are a coach, is a must read. A must read. It's a fantastic book. Um, but I mean, you know, Phil had to eventually leave Chicago because of a fallout with with their GM and things going. I mean, they were still at the pinnacle, but then things went awry in, in LA too. Um, so it's, you know, it, it doesn't always work out even for the greatest. So anyway, that's probably enough of that one. Um, next one unpopular football lover at foot fanatica at least we didn't lose that is true again there's a lot of wallowing it was just a and it was ultimately a draw i think um again given the circumstance where you lead twice and concede equal you know concede two equalizers at home against galaxy um emotions are high and now this is your eighth straight uh where you're winless um, and we finally scored more than two in a game this season. Yeah. And this is another thing. So again, positive signs, um, finally start scoring a little bit more, 
but you also concede more. So just shambles still. All right. Next one, Maya Maynard. Minor, man. <laughs> She's going to be so mad. <laughs> she actually tweeted at me last time I mispronounced her name. Maya Minor. Sorry. Good Lord. Uh, at Shop Eat Sleep. Moonwan was great when he first started and, and it has just gone downhill. Poor coaching or something else. Josh, I'll let you tee off on this one. I, I mean, again, I think, is it poor coach? I mean, again, you, you bring him in specifically with a skill set, right? That is built, you know, that is, that's attacking, right? Yeah. And is it, it's, it's specific to the three, five, two and some of those different things. And he looked good because there's was an absence of any kind of, we're devoid of creativity, for that particular part of the season because you're out, you know, you're down to one DP, you know, and Rosie's not mm-hmm. in form and Atuesta is doing everything he possibly can, but it's just in, you know, again, him and K are basically just, you know, just doing everything they possibly can, but with nothing, you know, with no, with no final product. So, yeah. you know, again, what he did, you know, maybe <laughs> in comparison to what was going on at the time looks a lot better, but it also, in my opinion, you know, probably shaded over some of the his shaded over a lot of the reason why Bob didn't want to play him for the beginning of the season. Right, like yeah. he came in the off season, yeah. he didn't see the field for quite a while, and I don't think mm-hmm. it was just because of the injury. I think it's because he didn't. You know, like you can see why when he in if there if the intent was to play four three three, he can't defend in a four three three. So yeah. of course he's not going to see the field. So again, you 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 started to have to play him out of necessity, but I think now. That 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 attacking talent is back. His defensive laugh, you know, like and, and you don't and you're not dependent on him to create, right? It's like when you have Rodriguez and Rossi and Vela and Arango up there, you don't really need him to push forward. You need him to be solid, yeah. right? Like in our in our best year, right? It's Beta becoming, a, uh, you know, pinching in and, and sitting in the midfield and protecting the back. Right from from mm-hmm. from for camp for counters while you let the front three do do their damage, yeah. Right, that's one thing that Moon is incapable of doing at this point. Right, and so maybe it is a little bit of a coaching thing that he hasn't developed those skills yet, but maybe he just never had has had that in him, and I'm not sure we're ever going to get it. Yeah, and I mean, this is one of those things too, like since the beginning, you and I have been talking about need more creativity either from, you know, from one of two places, the midfield or the fullbacks. And uh, for a while that it it did become the fullbacks. And now I think it's, you know, now that they have Sifu in place, I think that they found a better outlet or a better creative source in the midfield. Um, But I mean, he didn't really give you either today moon yeah, and he hasn't given you much of anything in the in the 433 so i know there's been questions about well like what what does that even mean that he can't defend in a 433 it means the roles and responsibilities that he's tasked with are above his pay grade um again go back and watch the final the final galaxy goal the lead up to that final galaxy goal and watch him just jockey while he's covered by other defenders behind him rather than put in a challenge and that's it you're in the box. You have to defend. No more delaying. No more jockeying. You put in a challenge. Uh, end of story. All right. Moving on to the next one. Juan Pablo Marquez at JP Marquez. B-Rod had the best game of his career uh, doing it all. 
Cifuentes had an amazing game. The middle dominated like years past, but the sub to move the back five and park the bus with 10 minutes to go was just too soon. You can't park the bus with 10 minutes to go. This game was gutting. It was simple runs, not grand plays where we concede, just absolutely shambolic. Let's not even get started on the amount of depth we will lose to the international break. All right. Um, I think I think V-Rod is, you know, that performance is probably his best, at least in an LAFC shirt. Um, I know he had a couple of games in the in the MLS back tournament where he's really good, but um, anything else from there you want to pick out and respond to, Josh? No, I mean, I think he's on point, right? It's just, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's, it's just getting harder and harder to make excuses. Yeah, yeah. Just it's it's bad. It's bad. All right. Last one. The ardor, the artist formerly known as Danniness at Danniness. Bob Bradley is a malignant narcissist. Josh. I, mean, I don't know him that well, so hard to go that far. But I mean he <laughs> I I I yeah, I I I'm I'm convinced that there's a bat phone that JT's making down the field to bring in for some of these substitutions because I don't know what the heck is going on there. Yeah. Yeah, or he's uh, given, or he's given a, a, you know, he's given a formation and a roster he has to play prior yeah. to it, and then that's why he had to make those weird half. You know, he's having to change formation and big time subs at the half because it's the only way to explain it. Yeah, I haven't watched his presser. I sincerely hope somebody asked about the Blackman sub because surely you and I aren't the only ones who were left baffled by that decision. Well, they probably just asked him questions about you know where he wants to eat dinner the night or. You know, yeah. something else that yeah. is not going to really challenge him because, and again, the way that the press and the media works, especially when you're coming dealing with professional teams, and to be fair, in politics for that matter too, is that you don't access will be threatened if you if you if you ruffle the too many feathers. Yeah, not and everybody that, can be Trent Grimm from the Independent like right. that. You're going to get tossed. You're not mm-hmm. going to get called on. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's, it's just how these things go. And so, you know, for those that are, or that are wishing that you would get more out of it, like I said, the way that the, from well, from what we've learned and understood is that, you know, like you gotta, it's either, it's either play ball or go home. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Kurt, you know, and the thing is you and I are happy to be at home and talk on our podcast and just, you know, and yep. go from there. Yep. Sounds good to me. Now I don't have to, I don't have to kiss any butts. I don't have to be beholden to anybody. So that's what I prefer. All right, Josh, anything else tonight? No. I mean, like I said, some good things, good, the bad, the ugly, you know, unfortunately, you know, you would have, again, it hurts a little bit more because of the galaxy. Will we all live to fight another day? Absolutely. Um, you know, but, yeah, and it it stings a little bit more when when you see the same mistakes leading to leading to a lack of results, especially yeah. against your biggest rival. Yep. Uh, the good news is we only have to face SKC next. <laughs> so SKC <laughs> on Friday, then Salt Lake Austin. So we should be able to win one of those two games. Fingers crossed. So- We'll see uh, until that time, uh, you can tweet at the show at counterpress underscore. You can find me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. There it is. We will talk to you all next week. Good night. <laughs>